and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. In these interviews, we'll be exploring employability insights, career advice, educational experiences, life stories and more from a wide variety of people in a wide variety of industries with the ultimate aim of helping you to make decisions about your studies and your career. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. So here we go. Let's talk business. Hello everyone and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. I'm going to keep this introduction short and sweet because the information that you're about to hear from Chris is way more important than anything that I could put into a 30 second intro. So let's discuss the career journey and the life experiences and the employability insights that Chris has got. Here we go, let's talk business with Chris. Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. We are talking to Chris today. Hello Chris, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thanks. How are you, Dana? I am very well. I'm really excited to do this. And I know that sounds cheesy and people are thinking, oh, it's fake, but I'm not, I tell you. Because uh, me and you, Chris, oh my gosh, we, uh, we're talking 25, 30 years worth of uh, being oh aware gosh. of each other's presence. Um, <laughs> before. Can't believe before I know. And before we, we kind of started recording this, we spoke about the year 1996. Um, so we went to school together, right? That's it. Yeah, back in those days, 92, 96, on the Bristol Road. Yeah, that's gosh. It. That's it. Back in the day. And Yeah, and, and I also think, now correct me if I'm wrong, were you at the, at the Birmingham College of Food, Tourism and Creative Studies as well? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I was. Yes. yes. I did, um, I did, what did I do? I did a GNVQ. I don't think that you can do those anymore. GNVQ, (laughs) Leisure and Tourism. Yes. Now, I did that as well. And I remember being in a Spanish class with you. Um, I remember being on like the top floor because they shoved languages up there. (laughs) And I was just trying to think the other day. And obviously... There's a lot to try and remember here. Um, so, so I think we, I don't know if we were in different classes or uh, perhaps we, we were because I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, at secondary school, I definitely, I think we were because we were, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. We were top set. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, but at, at college, I don't, um, oh gosh, I mean, going back. I think we were. Yeah. It was good time. Oh, that was, well, that was a good time. They were, they were, but we definitely went to school together. So, uh, and we're going to pick apart that today because I've become really interested in how we've, um, I've been in like the same room, the same job, the same classroom in our case. Um, and then we go off on our own little journeys. You know, we, we, I did the little chat with Dean and you said you had a look at that and how strange that was and interesting to watch. So I thought, you know, we'd do another one. And, and thank you, Chris, for volunteering to chat. You know, That's really right. appreciate it. Because we have been, yeah, we've been in the same classroom, uh, same teacher, same school, same topic, same example. And then... Uh, paths go different ways and this is what I'm quite interested in I'm sure our listeners and viewers would be as well so all right so we're 1996-1998 okay we study in the same thing where do you go from there because oh, I went on my route and ended up as a teacher where did you go 96-98 kind of well period? part of the second year of the course was work experience placement and I had a contact who worked for American Express who um, they did not banking, it was business travel. So it was to do with the travel industry. And um, I asked if I could go and do my two-week work placement at American Express, which was based in Dale End, up by the law courts in Dale End. And I went and uh, loved it, absolutely loved it. Although I was, gosh, what were we then? 17, 18, I was like, yeah, 
this is kind of the environment I wanted to go to because it was it was organising travel, they did conferences, they did first class travel, they did hotels, we did rail, we did everything to do with travel. And I found that during my course, one of the parts of it was uh, one of the options, I think, was like travel agency services or something like that. And I remember thinking, right. yeah, and I was always had a major interest in languages <laughs> when I was at school and geography. And that was sort of one of the things I wanted to do. So. I did my work experience and they asked me, this was in the May, June, so the course hadn't finished. Um, they asked me if I wanted a job and I was like, right, this is a decision here. Do, this is one of those fork in the road moments. Do I stay and do my course and finish the course or do I take this opportunity to start doing something that I think I'm going to be really enjoying um, and go with that? And I took that one and I, and I took the job. So I didn't finish the course I got the, the qualifications modules like we did but I didn't get full qualification and you know hindsight is great I mean I don't know what I, I don't do anything to do with GV Kiwi Legend Tourism now at all so <laughs> neither do I uh, <laughs> I'm like was that a good point but at the time it was and I was 17 18 and I was earning a full-time wage doing something I really enjoyed I had the independence of traveling into Birmingham every day and all that sort of, you know, the lunch, going out for lunch with people and we might pop the pub. I was like, what? People don't do that. What is this world? Yeah. I, mean, I was like, you know, we don't do things like that. Um, so love that. Uh, and then so stayed there for two years. So we used to do all the, I was part of the fulfillment team. So we used to do all the tickets um, and getting all the invoicing and account queries and all that sort of stuff. So it was, you know, it was a really good basis and a grounding for what I actually did a few years later, because that part of the office where I worked then got centralised to India. So okay. I lost my job, really. Mm. Fortunately, at the time, there was a recruitment drive for travel agents. So I went to a travel recruitment drive at, mm. I started to work for Thomas Cook, um, okay. who we're now, unfortunately, no longer with us. But mm. I worked um, on New Street in their big travel agency on New Street mm. in town and worked on their flight centre. So we used to get people coming all up from all over the world wanting to book flights. Um, and that was great. I mean, those were the days because I was a little bit older. I was 19, 20, and I was like, yeah. You know, is the only thing there was, I'd have to go back working weekends. But, you know, one yeah. of those things. That, that's so interesting that you you did that route as well, because I, after, so if you're 19, so we're talking about like 99, 2000, that kind of era here. Um, and a few years after, um, when I graduated, after stints in various places, uh, I, I did some work at a business travel agency as well on New Street. Uh, I worked for Carlson Wagonley Travel, oh, just yeah, down yeah, the road yeah. from you. Um so, so that's really interesting to hear how our paths kind of, yeah, we're not too far away, actually, at the moment. You know, yeah. I might have been dealing with your office on a daily basis uh, when it all comes down to it. And again, you just said that it was outsourced to India. And, and that was a big trend at the time because a lot of the work that we had, uh, our call centres were outsourced to India as well. And I could mm. see my job disappearing, which also led me to a career change. So funny how... You know, our paths started, went away, came back, started, went away. And these yeah. similarities in the industry affecting both of us without us even realising. So, yeah, well, so where'd I you mean, go then, um, then? Carry on. So I was, there for, so I was there for two years and then I thought, well, yeah, I got yeah. to 21 and I thought I've got to do some, I've got to do some like radical because I was like, it's 21, I've got to do it. So I decided yeah. to become a holiday rep. 
right. because I'd worked in Thomas Cook and I thought, well, I'll go and get a job as a holiday director. So I applied to work for, well, it was Thompson, Chua, um, and did the training. And as I usually do, I put 100% into everything I did, went on the training course. They told us on the training course, you'd get Europe first year, you'd get Europe, you'd get New York, you'd get, you know, Balearic Islands, mainland Spain, Greece. Where did I get? Where did I spend my first time abroad, away from home, at oh, 21? The Caribbean. <laughs> I went to the, I went to the Dominican Republic. So I was like 21, never lived away from yeah. home. Never done oh washing. Never done, <laughs> never lived. I think everyone thinks yeah. you've lived, but when you're 21, not really, yeah. not still living at home. <laughs> went, did all the training, went, was living in a hotel. Um, I had to do, I had to use my languages because we have people who got married. So I had to translate marriage ceremonies from Spanish into English. Oh my word. So fortunately I'd kept up my Spanish. Yeah. Um, Good I job. Had to, well, yeah, one, I can always remember one couple that came and I had to be the best man, the witness, the translator and the video man all at the same time trying to, for this couple that had just come and got married. I was like, Oh, okay. I thought Good you were point. just a rep. You just said you were just a rep. Now, you, now you're doing just, all these things. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, when you do, you're never just a rep. When you're a holiday no. person, you're never just anything. I could imagine. Yeah. A bit like being a teacher, you have to be everything rather than just yeah, a yeah. teacher. Um, so, yeah, so I did that and I came back because it was too far and I was extremely homesick and I'd watched every episode because in the Dominican you get American TV. I'd watched every episode of ER and the Golden Girls. I, I don't think there was anything else I could have watched. Um, and I'd had enough, and friends, I think, yeah. at the time. So um, I came back. For the first time around, none of this, none of this rerun, repeat business, you know, for the first time, you know, when <laughs> all these things were aired, not really to show both our ages, but... No, there was no like gold or whatever it's called or whatever they're called. No Netflix and anything like that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah this is like satellite TV, like American Oof. satellite TV. Like that. Um, I'm coming from a house with four channels. That was like blowing my mind anyway, that I could have more than a choice. Yeah, yeah. Um Came back and never had a job, but fortunately, within a couple of months, my old manager, who was now an area manager for co-op travel, who I live where I live in Norfield, and he said, "Come and work for me." So I worked, went back to work in a travel agency. So I did that for a little bit in Norfolk co-op travel. Um, and and there's then, a lesson there, isn't there? Don't burn your bridges. <laughs> Keep your contacts because you never know when you're going to need them. And I think if you've done a good job at wherever you've worked and, yeah. you know, you keep that contact and you get recognised for doing whatever it is that you did well, if you phone that person or speak to that person, they go, just leave it with me. There might be something or whatever. That's how I kind of fell into that, really, because I was like, oh, Phil, you know, da, da, da. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Come and do this and whatever. And I was like, thanks, because, you know, having worked a full-time job and then gone abroad and that, so I'd been used to earning money and now I'd obviously come back and had virtually nothing. I was like, mm, okay, maybe not. So I, um, yeah, so I came back. Then <clears throat> I left there and went to work back in business travel. So American Express, in their infinite wisdom, decided that they, the outsourcing didn't work. So they brought it back. Quite a few companies realised that. Oh, well, yeah, strangely enough. 
So um, my old manager contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in coming back, but not doing that job, doing um, a consultancy level. Um, so actually speaking to people on the phone and doing more, because I'd had more experience of dealing with people and da, 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 da. So I went from doing the admin fulfillment side of it to actually being a consultant. Um, and that was great. I'm about doing it. It was in the office. It was nine to five, Monday to Friday. There was no weekends. The money was good. Da, da, da. And I stayed there for a couple of years. So we're talking yeah, mid-twenties now, I suppose, 20, 25, okay. 26. Okay. I'm still doing what I was doing before. Um, and then hit a mini crisis in my life and thought I need to go and do something really uh, creative. I had a re I'd always been really creative. I wanted to do things that were creative. And I thought I've got to go do something really creative. So believe it or not, this is a true story. Now you can believe this or not. I, I have no evidence or no proof of this. However, I decided that I would go and live in the Canary Islands in Grand Canaria and okay. decided to become a drag queen. So I um, worked in the Canary Islands for a little bit. Yeah. to get it out of the system I was like I just need to get it out of the system yeah. so I did that for four or five months that was enough I'd had enough yeah. um came back and worked for another business travel agency called my gosh well it was flight center but it was a different part of flight center so they right. they're on the high street this was the business travel side of it um doing the same thing absolutely hated it <laughs> the company were horrible to work for wow. hated it Absolutely. So even even though it was a, a pretty similar to job being by the sense of it to what you'd actually done, you know, you'd gone, you'd, you've been on this journey now. We're in like two thousand six, seven, that kind mm -hmm. of era, and you've had a lot of experience. Even though the job is similar, because of the business you were working for, you're thinking, oh, hold on a minute, maybe this isn't. Well, yeah, and I think the industry had changed <clears throat> because yeah. it was around that time. Do you remember that time when the volcano erupted in Iceland? And yes, like, yes, we're stopping all the flights and whatnot. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, you can imagine working in a, 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 like that kind of consultancy, it's like everything, and everybody was like oh, dead. And I was like, I can't do this. And people were horrible on the phone. Like, I had never experienced that kind of level of venom from people. Mm. And um, I was like, I can't do this. I used to dread getting up in the morning. I used yeah, to make excuses yeah. for not going to work. And I'd never done that. I'd always yeah. been really sort of positive and getting on with it. Yeah. And I was like, I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. And those were I'm tough not. times for the industry in general, weren't they? You know, I remember I graduated the day before 9-11 happened, um, which, uh, you know, took away the tourism industry as, as we knew it. And obviously there's a lot more serious things than my job towards that. Um, but on that personal level where I'm looking at it here, you know, we had 9-11, you've got the, the natural disasters like you're talking about, you've got the financial crisis, you've got the internet coming and taking over, which was why essentially my job was going uh, because of automation and things. So that decade there where we're both trying to get our careers sorted and started was, oh, it was changing so much. Um, oh, you yeah. know, no wonder we couldn't set up <laughs> to it. And I think, and I think you've hit that, and I've never really thought about that, the obviously technology side of it that was, was yeah. ever changing and developing, you know, in the 90s. I mean, you know, we went to school, the late 90s, 80s, when we went to school, there was nothing. I mean, like, obviously, there was computers, but there was no like social media we really no, sort no. of we had one computer room if i remember correctly we had one right. computer room up in the corner um, well i think we had two because there was one opposite the library which was max you remember the oh old yes we max. had a mac room all the we had a mac room and then we had the other the big room in your building and yes, i can remember yeah. thinking, oh my gosh um and and do you think oh, from where that was to what it was when we were like you know i'm talking 2000s ish like late 2000s 
I mean, you know, it's changed so much. Even the, like, the technology we use, and it, it's, it was mad. And I thought, I could, you could see where it was going, and I could see yeah. that this was going to be these kind of jobs and this kind of role within the travel thing and bookings and all that sort of stuff was going to go online. I could just see yeah. it, and I thought, yeah. okay, I'm going to have to think about something else here. So this was like, I'm getting towards 2009, 2010 now, and I'm thinking, well, I was 30. I'm thinking, oh, I need to. This isn't a career. This isn't. This isn't a career. I don't. I don't want to do this as a career. The progression of it was really slow. Um, you know, I didn't want to be a team leader. I didn't want to be a, an office manager. I didn't want to do that because, yeah, I, 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 it just wasn't me. I wasn't that type yeah. of. I was a team. I am a team person, and you know, I'm very much about the whole team and getting everybody there. But this yeah. wasn't not what I wanted. So I thought, mm, what do I do? A complete change. I thought if I don't do me, if I don't, if I don't do it, I don't know you can change your career ends off. But if I thought if I get to 30 and I haven't found something that I really enjoy, I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to do it. And um, so I made a big change at 30. I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to retrain. I'm going to get another qualification. I'm going to retrain. Um, and my sister, who's four years younger than me, is um, a teacher had qualified um, and was working in a primary school local. And she said, well, we have, um, there's an adult education company that use school that are based at school um, who do retraining and they do um, MVQs. I don't even know if MVQs are still a thing anymore. They are, they are. <laughs> so I didn't, so I went and I inquired and they were lovely. And it was actually the, the lady that did it. Now, this is going to be full circle. <clears throat> the lady that did the courses, there was a company called Cracker Jack who were based in Harbin. And the lady that ran it was the mum of a boy that I went to primary school with. Oh my gosh. Margaret. And I was like, and she looked at me and I looked at her and I went, Are you, are you thingy's mum? She went, Are you something? I was like, Yeah. And she went, Right, okay, here we go. So anyway, that was really nice. So we had that yeah. sort of moment. And I um I went and I went around the school and my sister was there and and I loved it absolutely. Thought, yeah. I could do this after that. You know what it's like when you get to secondary school, especially you go, I'm never setting foot in a school again. I the last thing I oh, want to yeah, do. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that's yeah. how I left school. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I know, quite enjoyed you... school and I still feel oh, like, uh, yeah. I don't want to come back and teach. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I know what, what some of the children were like, who, what we were like to our teachers. And I was thinking, yes. no, there's no way. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm not teaching my little versions of me. No way. Stay out. Know, and I was quite nice. But some of the other yeah. kids were so I thought, well, I'll do it. And so anyway, I retried. I did an MVQ in young people's work, children in young people's workforces, it was called. Right. And um, because I'd never worked with kids, I had to do a level two and a level three. So that was two years. But it was on the job. Um, so I used to do two days in school and a day uh, teaching, uh, learning, sort of on the job then. Fortunately, the school were really lovely. And I got mm -hmm. a job part-time at the school as well. So I was doing okay. admin role in the school. Um, re I was a Reaper graphics assistant, which basically means I knew where to work the photocopier. Um, <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me stop you there, because that is how I started my career in education as well. But I couldn't get onto the training course, so I had to go do experience. So I did six months as uh, Reaper graphics admin assistant, receptionist, uh, classroom assistant, IT support, because I knew how to turn computers off and on. Um, so, again, like, how, are we, how are we having this same kind of career path? I'm... I'm, I'm Flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> so really you're doing this at a primary school then, is that right? Yes, yeah. Cool. So this okay. was, so we started in, um, yeah, in the year six and, and it was great. And, I, I, and it's just sort of, 
they sort of fell upon me really as a, as a sort of thing that I actually found I was a good at and being enjoyed and that was like for me the main thing it was like at 30 I really wanted to find something that I enjoyed doing and did it and qualified and then I was fortunate enough that they actually had some positions and I applied and I got a full-time teaching assistant job at the school when I was 32 right which was great because you know I was back earning full-time money and I was doing something that I'd found that I really enjoyed and loved um and I could see the positive impact it was having on myself and obviously other people and and that was a big thing and I think nowadays from a mental health point of thing I think I think the the message I would say to anybody is it's never too late to make that change you've got to do what's right for you and nobody will tell you that it's this that or the other you know when we were at college when we were 96 when we were living school one of the things that was used to happen a lot was um, apprenticeships and I think you know that really worked for some children especially if they weren't necessarily academic as well yeah but they wanted to get into things like because at school you don't do things like mechanics and physical things like plumbing or gardening or yeah. um you know and that's why doing the gmvq where you, you had pe- people at college who did baking and food and did cooking mm. and hairdressing and things like that. i was like that was a really sort of creative environment and that was never really one of those and i know it's changed now i know it has but i think at the time it was like no you don't you don't you don't want to become a mechanic well, no, I don't, but somebody might, you know, those skills. I, I, I agree with you completely there. I mean, I, I do a lot of pushing on apprenticeships. It's not, it's still not on that same level of, it's always goes, goes university. And then if you don't feel like it, you could maybe think about an apprenticeship. And I think that kind of attitude towards it is, is just terrible, really, because the, every student I know of mine who's gone on to do an apprenticeship has absolutely loved it. And, and can't speak highly enough of it, you know, and they've, they've gone into all different fields. And when I speak to them now and they say, oh, I'm, I want to be, uh, what was someone the other day? Uh, chartered surveyor or quantitative surveyor. And it just blew my mind. I'm like, well, then go do an apprenticeship. You know, don't go sit in a classroom for three years at university, you know, so he's going down that route to do that. Um, so, yeah, you're right. The ability to do that is just, oh, needs to be more. I never too like to make that change. I think, you know, I mean, I know everyone says, you know, boy, <laughs> used to say by a certain age that you have to do yeah. a certain by a certain age you know you know you yeah. should settle down at 35 and got that career I think and I think that was a big thing even that I mean obviously before us in like 80s I think that was a big thing even in yeah. the 90s when we were at school it was the career you know you had to have that sort of yeah. path and you know if you wanted yeah. to be a lawyer or a vet or anything like that mm-hmm. you know you had that career path but apart from that it was like Okay, so what do you do? I can remember going to the careers advisor at Columbus and oh, yeah, saying oh, yeah. to the lady, she said, it was always that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was always that question. Yeah. And you're like, who knows what they want to be when they grow up? She won't give me three <laughs> options. What are you yeah. good at? What are your good subjects? And I was like, this, that, and the other. She went, go on, have a think. What do you think? I said, and I, this, is, this is another legitimate story. I can remember saying to the lady, um, I'd like to be a vicar because they only work one day a week. <laughs> and, and that was a legitimate career choice. Yeah. And I was thinking... That's probably not what she wants to hear, but she never asked me again. So I mean, that's probably right. maybe it did work in a strange way around about that. I mean, but uh, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you're right. Career advice is so tricky, and sometimes there is still this thing of 
you will decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. And from, from an education, unfortunately, I've seen that sometimes from year nine, choose your options based on what you want to do. Like, well, I'm 14. I just want to go and like hang out with my mates, you know, and then 16, you know, you get to college. Okay. What do you want to do when you leave college? Well, can I do a day or two here first? <laughs> you know? And okay. I think of all the people I've spoke to probably only about two out of the 20 or so interviews I've done now have actually said, this is my passion and I followed it through. And that's great. If you do that and you hit it when you're 16, 17, amazing. You know, I'm so happy for you, but you, you talk about journey, but on the most part, it is like yourself where I want to do election tourism. Hold on a minute. I work in a primary school um, and I really enjoy it. So, so well, you know, that, that journey. It's weird. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I've had other like part, like, jobs that have sort of lasted not for very long like I worked for a bank for a bit that probably wasn't for me you know I'd worked in this when I left school I worked in a supermarket and uh, I was like yeah. oh, this was all right because it was talking like I can talk yeah. I'll talk to everybody I'm really not bothered so I sat on the checkout and I talked and it was absolutely fine but um you know and I think working in education as you know no two days are the same and mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with younger children oh, my gosh mm-hmm. Some of the nuggets they come out with, it just makes you a day. And like, it's, I, I've never had that feeling before. And um, when I started, and you know, I, my first week in the primary school, I'd had this is another true story. I, I amateur, I perform amateur though. So we were doing a show, and I had had a spray tan, dyed my hair black, and had extensions, right? Because I was doing a show. So I was like an umpalumpa, I was like funny coloured because he was straight. Like that. Yeah. And the kids were like, are you okay? Are you all right? Are, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. I'm, I'm in the show. And I'm, and they were like, oh, right. And that, that broke the ice in. And that was like, they were like, and they were just asking questions about it. And, you know, we do things because I'm using your skills. I'm using, you, you mean, you know, you're so much more technological than I am. So you obviously use those. I'm much more the drama, the music, the art. The, so, I've been used a lot over the years in schools. I've put on performances with kids, you know, and um, Christmas shows and the staff panto and the summer fair and all those things that sort of happen, happen because somebody, you know, wants to do it. And that's really sort of helped, I think, as well, because I've been able to be creative in that way in a job Mm. and parents especially and other adults go, can't do that. Yeah. And being able to be creative, you know, I mean, but there's a lot of talk at the moment. Um, one of my colleagues at the moment is doing has has done a master's on it and he's looking to study further in terms of how creativity helps your mental health and your well-being. And you know, I think I think you're proving that. I know I I do some uh I do some creative things every now and again. You know, if you've had a look at some of the other videos on the channel and dressing up at college, you're like, oh no, what's Danny doing today? You know, yeah, oh no, look it. Um but yeah, you know, just I'll keep doing more of it until um until they tell me not to. So I mean oh, how does creativity help your mental health? And you know, if you can one, if you can tie it into your job even better, but doing it, you know, on a personal level as well, um, how has that helped your your kind of mental health to stabilize or improve or, or go from there? I think it's a, just a break from the norm and it's finding that thing that helps you keep regulated to working with people that you doing it with people that you don't see all the time that's a big thing for me um so like we meet once a week and we sing and we dance and we have a laugh and that's yeah you know that really helps me to stay centered because although we don't have we don't work you know people who do it we've got nurses we've got doctors we've got whoever but we come there and that is this one common 
sort of thing that we have mm. is that we like to get up on stage and do it. And there's a lot of teachers do it. You know, I'm not going to lie. Mm. A lot of teachers, they always say, what's that old saying? They say, um, actors are just teachers in denial or something like that. I'm not thinking, well, yeah, because actually you stand in the front of the class and you speak to 30 children every oh, yeah, day. Yeah, 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 and, you know, you put on this character and it's like, you oh, know, yeah. it's part of it. And, but I think, you know... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell people lies. I mean, everybody's up and down, and especially at the minute, everybody's up and down with their mental health. And I think it's a day-to-day struggle. And I think it's a day-to-day thing. And not being able to be creative in the way that we used to be. I can't go to rehearsals. I can't meet with other people. Mm. People in bands, especially that kind of thing. We've done Zoom meetings. We've done Zoom rehearsals. We've done this mm. and that and other. I found other ways of doing it. I ran a quiz for twelve months on my wow. web on my page, and we use. I always do two quizzes a week on a Tuesday and the Thursday, and I had like fifty people watching. And I do. I make a PowerPoint, and we do. I do a music round, and I do quizzes, and that sort of helped me sort of focus me on something else rather than the actual singing and dancing part of it so that 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 helps you know i developed a love for doing things like i know i'm old but i did jigsaws um wrong with jigsaws <laughs> i help my daughter do them all the time you know oh, yeah but that's a bit different isn't it you know 12 pieces it's a slightly different time. well yeah 16 sometimes so well yeah you know but poor patrol pictures are hard to put together i mean I they are. Companies. they're really tricky yeah, yeah well, we've got one that's got marshall on one side and chase on the other and well i don't know well, she got one out of Sky the other day, and I was like, well, who? And then, you know, I was like, whoa, she liked the pink one. I was like, okay, we'll do that one with the edge first. Get the edge piece. I've got to get, um, the, I've got to get the corners. Um, and I think it's really, I think doing anything, anything that breaks that cycle, if you, even if it's going for a wall. Um, and you see it at school, and people who work in school, I mean, I can only speak for those people, but anybody that works in school, the last year has found it so difficult so tricky so draining and then people go we haven't been in school well i've been in school like i was we were doing a lot back in the day i was doing a day every two weeks and then it went to a week on week off and then we came back and we were full time for the first like a term then we were off at january and we remote teach and then we went then we did key worker bubbles with 15 kids but when the week we weren't at school we had to do the remote learning and zoom meetings with the kids so it was like it was just because nobody knew, nobody, nobody did use this technology yeah. before to do these kind of things before, and it was like, what? But you know, just like wow, wow. And I think everyone thought it was just going to be easy, and it was going to be. But I definitely, I think no teachers have really struggled. Yeah, mentally, yeah, yeah. mentally. Yeah, yeah. It, it has been quite a mental struggle here. You know, I mean, I. Like you said earlier, you could talk for hours, and good grief, I could about you know the struggles I've had and the things that we've had to kind of go through in our house, you know, obviously having the daughter, the daughter, obviously having my daughter, <laughs> our daughter, there we go. Yeah, Another word the the child. Obviously, yeah, the, the, the child, yeah. Obviously having mm. our daughter, you know, and having to homeschool her and still provide education for 16 to 19 year old, you know, your brain switching all over the place and, and the uncertainty as well. And, and the fact that you can ground yourself and, and people can think what they like, but the fact that you grounded yourself in providing these quizzes, having a laugh yourself, giving other people something to smile about is just fantastic, you know? And if that's what you did to ground yourself and be creative, then what's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. I think, yeah, and it's like, it's tailored, isn't it, to you? It's tailored to the person, so it's whatever works for you. So <clears throat> I think one of the things I felt difficult was being a very sociable person and not having that physical contact and that seeing somebody. So I found that 
like really hard and like my other half doesn't live in Birmingham um, lives in Leicestershire and um, not seeing that person family you know a loved one wherever it is for that amount of time and it it's just it was it's really it's still not great I mean it's hopefully mm-hmm. fingers crossed it's getting there but it's still not great and I think you know you both and I, I used to do it, sit here and you overthink and you plat and you oh, think yeah. you all the time and your brain goes into overdrive and you're thinking what about this and then that and, and I'm like just need to calm down a little bit and you just need to take that step back but you know if a day you don't want to get out of bed because you know that's you know that, I've done that I've laid in bed all day and watched series series on Netflix mm. you know but it's what works not friends or not friends ER or Golden Girls reruns no 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 some, no new <laughs> thing no no I've moved on from the Golden Girls although I probably could watch Golden Girls again um, no, I've moved on from the Golden Girl. It's been a while, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, that's what a fascinating journey. So, you're still in a primary school now. You're still yeah, kind of I doing am. all that fun stuff and um, enjoying it by the sounds of it. I mean, if you're still there, I mean, how long have you been there now? What we at? Uh, eight years worth, maybe? No, I've done tech. Well, I've done tech. I've moved schools a couple of times, but oh, um, yeah. yeah. So, this is what, what, what would 20. So, this is my 11th, 12th year now because I was 30 wow, when okay. I started the training so yeah. yeah so probably full-time eight years probably nine years now mm-hmm. um and always been um in a primary school so like I said I don't think I could probably work in a secondary school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure but um yeah, yeah no, no that, that's fine I, I couldn't work in a primary school either we did two weeks training back uh well uh, what 2005 and uh, yes, it solidified my idea that uh, I do not have the skills for that area of education. Um, I'll say like that. But, uh, but you know, you love it and, you, you know, it's it's giving you everything you need from the job, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it is. And the people you work for, I mean, I'm sure you're the same. The people that work in education mm-hmm. generally are just, well, we're a bit mad. And I think actually that helps. And finding that group of people who you can just go in and be, you know, up until half past eight, we just talk about random stuff. And then when the door shuts at half past mm. three and the kids go, we're still there. And the kids mind me. They think we live at school. Our kids think we live at school. So when they say yes. that at half past three, they think that we stay there all night and we're doing everything through the night. And, and they love it. They think, okay. So one year I saw one of my children at the airport who were going on holiday and they just, they just pointed at me and just went, I'm, He's like, left. I'm allowed to leave it's okay it's fine I'm all right I'm allowed to leave the building um but uh, yeah you know and the friendships that you make I mean oh yeah the friendships and stuff that you make through working in a school are just mad amazing so yeah, yeah, still yeah. There, still fantastic well what a journey you've been on oh my word so you know again so 1996 we're in the same classroom we go in all these different routes business travel you said banking i did banking for a bit as well about uh, three or four months of that myself so um and now we're both in education uh both still in the west midlands area by the sounds of it as well so the career journey has been really fascinating um and the mental health side as well thanks for talking about that um and also as well talk if it's all right with you let's talk about being gay as well as far has that hindered your career or anything? I mean, we have, for everybody listening and watching, we have the Equality Act of 2010, which says we cannot discriminate against uh, anybody in the workplace based on protected characteristics, and um, sexual orientation is one of those. So has that held you back, or, or, um, or has people held you back? Have you had any issues with that in, say, the last, where are we at, 20 years or so? Um, I wouldn't say I've had any issue. I mean, I'm... I think I've been really fortunate actually because I know obviously people depending on 
you know, their backgrounds and that where they live, especially, and the areas that I've I've never experienced any negativity towards myself, um, which I think has been really positive. And I think working in certain sectors or wherever I've worked, I've always been very open with things like you know working in the travel industry is very sort of um open with with yeah. you know people of any kind of you know sexual orientation or whatever it doesn't matter it, you know you're a person it doesn't matter and working in a school I was a bit cautious when I worked when I went to work in a school because I was thinking you know this could open up awkward questions from children and how do you answer those children's questions um and even some parents it could be you know they could take you know, I don't want my child being taught by that person for this reason. And fortunately, that's never happened to me. And I know it has happened to people, and I know it's happened to people yeah. who, and, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate with that. And I think back, you know, I mean, we're not talking that long ago, but we're talking, mm. you know, 20 years ago. Mm. It was still a bit sort of taboo. Didn't really, people didn't really want to talk about it or didn't really want to openly admit it and be, comfortable with it I think and I think and I'm so grateful that that's changed and I think younger people you know younger people that you deal with so are very much they're open-minded okay they might not you know they might not fully understand it and they might not you know but they appreciate that in this world this global world we live in that everyone's different and yeah you're not hurting anybody you're not causing anybody any you know you're not, you're not making anybody's life miserable or anything in fact I'm trying to make my I'm trying to make other people's lives better by doing entertaining people and educating people. And I think, yeah. well, you know, that's not for my benefit. I can tell the time. You know, can that child that's tell right. the time? You, you know your alphabet and all that kind of stuff, you know. I, you know, I know how to read a book. So I'm not I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to detract from the fact that some people do find it hard. And yeah, I think just being true to you and just yeah. having the courage and, and 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 just you know know there's people there that have been in your position yeah and, and there are a lot of positive stories i mean the positive stories never seem to hit the media but certainly the mainstream media you know but if, you, if you're on your social medias and things so i speak to a lot of people on twitter from all kinds of industries you know and a lot of the stories <laughs> are very positive about um the education the discussions that we're having the acceptance uh, of people's differences and and it's it doesn't seem to be a, a major negative thing. Unfortunately, though, the mainstream media won't report a lot of stuff like that. But the negative stuff is what sells the advertising space and the newspapers, isn't it? So, um, but yeah. it's great to hear that, that you've had those experiences, um, and that in turn kind of links in with your creativity a bit. I mean, you mentioned you were a drag queen, drag queen for six months. Um, yeah. I imagine that was a, a rather creative time of your life. Would uh, would that be fair to say? Well, it's yeah. I mean, it was a mad. It was a that it was something that I had to get out of my system and just do but it was just um fantastic you know being uh, I assumed the name of Beverly when I was in drag mm. Beverly Bieber and um and it, and it was it was great because expressing yourself and now I think about it now I'm a lot look at I mean I love RuPaul and I watch mm. Drag Race all the time and I know obviously a lot of younger people love it and I'm thinking mm. wow and you know wow because you know we've got uk drag race we've got american drag race we've got yeah, you know yeah. all everywhere you know that kind of 
art because that's all it is it's just a way of expressing itself it's art it's not necessary it's nothing to do with you know sexual orientation or whatever it is nothing like that it's just about being creative and assuming something and if you think about it it's been there for years i mean we had it for years les dawson used to do it Lily savage did it yeah no, we've had it for years you know camp we've had camp we've had all that for years and actually me finding my sort of little place to do it was was great and I still dress up now because we still do shows you know I still perform twice a year on the stage in Birmingham City Centre at the Crescent Theatre get up on stage and we perform yeah. and I've done shows like Legally Blonde and yeah. uh, we're doing The Wedding Singer and you know musicals mainly but yeah. but yeah that creative side of it has just been and I never thought of it as creative and he just thought it's part of me and what I enjoy. You're, you're just doing your thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I just enjoy yeah. it. And yeah. Like the last year not being able to do it, it's been really Yeah. Not and, and that's in, yeah, that's interesting. It's not like a conscious decision like I must be creative today to fix my mental health. It's more like I really feel like doing that. And I feel like making people laugh and smile or making myself laugh and smile, you know, and keeping myself entertained, um, which is why I do some of my things, you know, my students yeah. sit, sit there with their heads in my hands. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's well, yeah, uh, but three, I, I, three or four of you might be getting it, but, uh, you know, you'll remember it's it. It's different to different people, isn't it? I mean, I sat down yeah. in the beginning of lockdown and thought, I, I need to, do, I, there's something I've always wanted to do. And I did it and I've written the first chapter of a children's book because Oh, I always wanted to write something and I'd never really had the chance to sit down and do it. So yeah. I got a laptop from school and I thought, I'm just going to write it. And it kind of like poured out, like once I'd started and I'd tapped into it and I'd thought, oh, okay. And I'd wrote, written, you know, a chapter of a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might not ever finish it. I'm not, you know, nobody will ever read it. But for me, that was great, really. That was a mental, I was like, yeah, I've done it. That was fantastic. I loved doing that. I loved doing that. Yeah. No, my next uh, my uh, next thing is to try and lose weight and to try and do a 5k but awesome. pipe dreams <laughs> well you never know but i'm sure you know if i'd said 20 years ago one day you're going to write the first chapter of a children's book you'll go oh, okay yeah sure nice to see you um <laughs> or well, various other involved, words that's but we involved won't getting be... outside and running danny i can do things that, are that is very true that is well, very actually, true physical, yes i've never been a physical person <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you take my bike away from me that's it you know i did try running for a bit and um it, it's not for me uh, i blame my knees so i've always got that kind of thing where people say why, why don't you run let's do a cage, a cage to 5k is that the thing a couple yeah, of colleagues do it. Yeah, they, yeah. they swear by it. you know some of my colleagues swear by it. i go knees i have to cycle i'm afraid you know and i can do 5k and a bike no problem uh, and i can swim 5k <laughs> so, i'll go and swim 5k that's not a problem yeah. i'm not swimming i'll do that but not not no no. Not running, not running. No. <laughs> we'll not keep our eyes out for you when you're uh, puffing and panting round the, round the streets of Birmingham. Quick I told you I'd do uh, it. Yeah, quick, quick walking. They might walk. Quick walking. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> still counts, doesn't it? You know, five well, yeah, quick still. walking. Yeah, 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 why not? I can see them people walking and they walk like with a week off. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. yeah it's, a, it's an Olympic sport, so, you know, let's not... You know, let's speed walking. Do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all doing that around the supermarket anyway? Speed walking now, anyway, because I, I think so. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And we've yeah. got you know apparatus to pull and weightlifting with the, the bags of sugar and stuff. So, oh, damn. yeah, uh, yeah, marvelous. On the, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're doing our thing. We're doing our thing. Um, 
I mean, what a, what an awesome journey then you've been on, and how fascinating you know, you know you've done those things and your personal life and your work life and the importance of creativity and mental health and and all those really fascinating things. Um, two quick questions for you: one about life in a primary school, and then one a bit more kind of personal as we look at our things here. Um, so you know, life in a primary school. A couple of students have asked me that they want to be primary school teachers. Is there a um, a life in a primary school kind of textbook that when you get into primary teaching, this is what it's going to be like. Or like you said earlier, no two days the same, be prepared for change and let's have some fun. I mean, what's the kind of feel from it if somebody's done it for say 10 well, years? I think it's difficult because obviously you've got things you have to teach and you've got national curriculums to follow and you, you have to obviously follow these. And then, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's pressurised and it's punchy yeah. and, you know, you know, you only spend two weeks on this, that and the other and you have, so I'm in Key Stage 1, so we are top of Key Stage 1, so we're Year 2, so I'm predom- oh, that's where I'm based. And Key Stage, Year 2 was always um, a satch year, so it was always testing what they'd learned in the first part of their school journey already. So we were, I don't want to say we were teaching to test, but there were certain things that we had to cover. Um, this is education. And you, yeah, and you have to, you know, you take a step back and how can you incorporate that into your daily routines? And, you know, more every day set out, so, you know, you do an hour's English, an hour's maths, you do phonics, then you have a guided reading, and then you have an afternoon session of either science or geography or history or RA or topic or whatever, your PA. And, it's, and you know, your timetable is set and I'm not going to lie, that is just the way it is, unfortunately. Mm, no, that is teaching. And that's yeah. the day-to-day life in a primary school. And you have to, and you are living your life by the clock. You are living your mm. life by the clock. You know, yeah. the bell goes, the door opens, they come in, they sit down, we finish this lesson at 10, we do the next lesson at half past, then it's playtime at quarter, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and it is very structured because it has to be. And schools have always been like that. Um, it's when you get the other things that come in that, you know, that change your day. I mean, obviously, in the last year, the no two days have been the same anyway but you get the child who's you know who's not had a good experience at home last night and you have to deal with that or you get the children who don't necessarily get how to tell the time and you have to adapt your lesson and be flexible with that and then go back to doing some different things using concrete materials so we get the you know the the, the plastic money out because we're doing money and we haven't used the plastic money we don't know what a 50 pence space looks like so you know things that change all the time. Like we do a lot of teaching literacy through books. So we do a lot of, um, you know, reading is really important as it is for everybody anyway. But, you know, teaching children to read and find their own voice is really sort of important. So we do a lot of drama when it comes to like the actual embedding of the book. So we did the book called The Day the Crayons Quit, which is a children's book and the kids loved it. And it was all about how the the crayons were mistreated by Duncan and we have to, you know, to find out a solution to the problem. So, you know, we have a day where we all dress up as a colour and it was great. I've seen pictures of that on Twitter. I've seen that, You know, and I was Peach Crayon because Peach Crayon was nude because he'd had his wrapper taken off. So I, so I, you know, I had to be pretend I was got no clothes and I had to make me a new wrapper. So you know, doing doing creative things through that allows you to grow as a person and find things that work. And I think we, I've worked with a lot of NQTs over the time I've been doing it. I've spent a year with an NQT in a year five classroom, for example, and uh, 
having the experience and the creativity that she probably didn't have and and sharing those kind of things have you thought about trying this we'll try this and if it doesn't work we'll try the and, and a, a teaching still very much like that and you know i'm yeah. finding you get teachers who are taught 30 years and they teach the same thing their way and that's you know and that's that works for them that's fine but i yeah. think still being young enough in inverted commas, young enough to actually think, well, okay, now last time when we taught this, it didn't work. So yeah. what can we do this time to... So you are always constantly changing little things and reacting to, you know, things. And, and things change. Parent comments come in and you think, oh, okay, we're ready that. And so it's not the children that change, but the children can change all the... And, like, new children come in and you accept the dynamic in the classroom. And we've got... Like, last year, we had, in a class of 25, like, we had 18 boys and, like, the rest were girls. So there was a massive imbalance of boys to girls. And the dynamic was completely different because you're like, OK, so we're not going to do this particular book because it was not a girl's focus, but the boys weren't interested. So we do a lot more things to do with boys. So we might look at Star Wars more... You know, a link maths into Star Wars because the boys were more interested in that, or we'd link it to superheroes because the kid, the boys really like that, and the girls are quite interested in superheroes as well. Mm. But we do a lot of that, or we do Lego. But this year it's more balanced, so we can do more of the, you know, slightly different things with the creative stuff and looking at. We're going to be looking at puppets and levers and dials, and we're going to be trying to make a pop-up book and things like that. And it's, you know, so yeah, they are structured, but grant over the grand scheme of things you can have that sort of flexibility i think anyway so which I, I mean yeah teaching you know obviously i i i haven't worked in a primary school since 2005 and that was just for two weeks um because i had to in all honesty yeah. <laughs> you know i think my my niche is definitely where i currently am with 16 to 19 year olds um and so just to check then as a teacher to teacher here you were nine till three you get tons of holidays don't have to take any work home and everything's all peachy keen you get paid really well um and by about half three you're at home cup of tea feet up is that is that teaching life yeah no i mean that happens in every primary school across the whole of not only birmingham but the whole of the country and the world as a whole i would imagine yes um of course. no i mean it's not i mean we know that i mean i generally get to school quarter to eight generally yeah. um and set up and then throughout the day and, you know, I mean, we've all been there. You eat your lunch at the desk. You eat your lunch oh, yeah. to the classroom. You don't have a playground because <laughs> yeah. you're on playground tutor. And then you ask, somebody goes, you could just stand in my door while I go to the toilet. Like, it's literally yeah. just that. Um, you know, and then at the end of the day, yeah, you, you know, some days you've got a set of 30 books and you'll have English, maths, phonics and the topic. So that's four, that's yeah. 36, that's 120 books there to get through. Um, to mark to check for things like that they should be doing and I'm not talking about you know big things capital letters and full stops well mm. you know that's a given you should be using now so if you don't do that you know you have to pink it and then you and so there's all the you have to think about marking each book anyway so you're there till what do you depend half five five half five depending on when you get kicked out depending on when your head teacher says you've done enough that's yeah. enough go um, yeah, we have our security doing laps of a building. Uh, I'm kind of locking up in half an hour. You might want to get out of here. So, uh, yeah, we get that. Well, yeah, but, you know, you have, I mean, you know, and our school, and I think education in general is really keen on the minute and not work-life balance. And, mm. 
know there, I know it's not the only career where or the only job where it's you know finding that balance is really hard and I know a lot especially we've had a lot of ladies at school who've had babies and have come back off maternity and they're like and they only work three days or whatever but it's like mm. you say you work three days but actually oh, yeah. you know you, you're still planning and, and all that sort of like and they're like this balance thing is really hard because you know what you how can you plan like, how can you balance that yeah how can you do we're not a nine-to-five job we don't switch your computer off and go out no and, and, and again, you, you know, with teaching as well, if I, uh, I think you're probably like me, but every now and again, you'll get an idea pop into your head at half eight at night, or you'll be doing something on a Saturday morning and go, oh, this will be really good. I'm just going to do half hour of this, you know, and it's, it's that kind of um, vocation. But it is hard to, to kind of switch off, isn't it? You know, and then we can go back and circle back to the old creativity and the mental health and do what works for you and find what works for you. And sometimes it takes time, doesn't it? You know, you were saying, mm. what, 32? And, um, you know, I've kind of reinvigorated my career around about 30 as well so yeah sometimes it takes time to to find your thing and, and yeah. that's okay and I think a lot of people and especially especially now I think a lot of people are, are thinking I, I don't want to work in education as well and I think a lot of people are trying to find something else that they could do and they've got to like mm. uh, which is a real shame because you know you've done your mm. teaching and you've done your NQT year and they they are tough you know NQT mm. years are tough and oh, yeah. the pressures that come with it is a, is a lot you know to get to this particular standard and then you've got to find a job and they don't want an NQT they want somebody with experience but you haven't because you and I think finding that sort of niche is really hard and I think a lot of people are leaving education um yeah. for that particular reason for the mental health and for yeah. the work-life balance and they go well I'll go and do I can do I'll do anything else literally anything else you know yeah. and I know a lot I know some teachers who've left and they've gone into social care because mm they like they prefer that side of it like the nurturing side of it rather than the actual boom 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 and i think in years to come that side of it is going to be we're going to have to have more we have learning mentors that come in and we do a lot they do a lot of work with children and they do things like restorative justice um talking about you know um all of the issues that they come out with that they don't know what they're talking about like you know we get children using racist language all the time but they don't know what any of the things mean you know um and just, i think just learning, in. yeah well, they've just heard it from, oh, they've heard it at home, and I think they've just yeah. used it. Um, and I think, I do think that mental health and learning mentors and all that sort of side of it will be a lot more prevalent in years to come. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people will go into that side of it because teaching's yeah. not teaching at the minute. I think it's survival, um, especially yeah. the problem. Yeah, no, no, without a doubt, you know, there's been so much change and flux and relying on information from other sources for exam boards governments um you know my, my students always say so what's going on with this as if i've got some kind of secret special teacher information um and i have to say look i'm finding out things literally at the same time as you i put the news on and that is when me and you are finding out these things and and again the, the mental pressures of that but then you've got to go into work the next day and make sense of that you know i'm trying to make sense of it for 16 to 19 year olds who, who are making these decisions and do i spend twenty-seven thousand pound at university or do i go to employment you know it's, it's a big it's a big ask isn't it <laughs> of, uh, oh. of us human beings it's a big ask so. it's a big ask and it's, a, and, it, and it's different pressures at different stages of of being not only a young person but then obviously being an adult as well you know those pressures that you said earlier that we said you know year nine what do you want to pick for your gcse's and like that's a 
you don't think about it at the time because you're like, I can, I can remember having an argument with my mum and dad going, because I wanted to do music and drama. No, no, you can't do that. You've got to do business studies because, you know, you have to do business studies, GCSE. And I was like, but I don't really, I'd rather do another language or another art. No, 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 you'll never get a job with that. And that pressure then, and then, you know, you pressure yourself with GCSEs and then you, whatever you do after that. And it is, you know, and it's about, like you say, dealing with it and finding whatever, that middle ground, the balance yeah. between that and that and then pleasing it pleasing everybody else but also yeah. you know pleasing yourself <laughs> yeah and, it, and it's okay if it takes time if it takes time to decide that's fine you, you do not need to know when you are 18 what you will be doing when you are 60 you know or whatever the retirement age is set to by then maybe mm, don't let's not go there whatever it will be. <laughs> uh, so all right let's do one last question for you here thank you so okay. much for everything you've done so far that's and i right. think you've probably alluded to the answer to this question anyway but i do want to ask you because it's important to get this advice for students so if you could go back to when you were say 17 18 the same age as as students uh, that i teach them that are listening and watching if you could go back to then and give yourself some advice that you wish you'd listen to or you wish somebody had told you and you'd gone Oh yeah, we should listen to that. What would that advice be? Gosh, you sound like RuPaul because RuPaul does this in Drag Race. He always says, "Oh really?" Tell, tell the five-year-old Chris now <laughs> something about that. We, we, you, you know, what would you like? What your advice would be? And I'm not. Well, RuPaul okay. stole that from me. Okay, look, oh, I've okay. got timestamps on all these videos. Okay, <laughs> I've been asking people it for years. So I'm sure RuPaul get on Twitter yeah. later. <laughs> okay, get on RuPaul. I'm telling you. Um, I think he is. You've you've got to yourself you're the only person that you answer to and i think with career wise and with job wise you've got to do for you and there will be decisions and at the time and it's always that thing that you look back and you go i made that decision at that time because that was the best decision i could make for me at that time and you know we all say i don't say it all the time and i sound like my own mum hindsight's a great thing and it is you know you'll look back and you'll go I should have done that. I mean, I, I look back and I go, I probably should have done A-levels because I was more academic. So I probably should have done A-levels. I shouldn't have done a GMVQ. But then I think to myself, well, I wouldn't have had the business travel opportunities. I wouldn't have had the yeah. travel. I wouldn't yeah. have done that. So I think um, follow what you want to do. Follow what your instincts tell you and make that informed, educated decision on based on the information that you have don't rely on other people going yeah everyone's got an opinion everyone's got advice everybody can tell you their own views and thoughts on whatever it is whether it comes to buying a coat in a supermarket or whether it comes to buying a car or whatever it is everyone's got an opinion because you know that's that's life that's politics that's whatever you know but i think with careers i think it's just if you do it and you make that choice and you do it and you go, you know what, six months later, it's a bigger, it's a, it takes a bigger person to go, you know what, I made that mistake. I, I chose that and now I don't want to do that. You know, I thought I wanted to go into graphic design. Turns out I don't really want to do that. I, I just really don't want to do that. It's not for me. And I think going, I'm going to do this, takes a really big step and it is a really big thing to go, I made a mistake. I made that choice. I own that. I own that choice. But I'm going to have to change that. I'm the only person that can change that. And other people might not like it. You know, your parents might not like it. Why are you giving up a good job for? You know, you've got a job, you've got, but I'm not happy. I'm not, it's not working for me. Um, so I think having courage in your own convictions would be probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give myself at 
16. Also, never buy fake Dr. Martins because they're really fake. That's another big piece of <laughs> I remember being at school. Um, I'm deciding now which, which, you... which one of those two quotes do I put on the wall? Do I put the courage in your convictions or do I go with a fake Dr. Martins? Well, yeah. Kids don't wear Dr. Martins anymore. So it's fine. They all wear, I don't know what they wear anymore. When we were at school, Danny, Dr. Martins were the thing we had to have Dr. Yeah. Martins. I don't think there's many pairs where I work. Uh, I'll be honest with no, you. No, it's not a thing anymore. <laughs> like a DMs were like, but I think you just have to, yeah, be you. Yeah. Just be you. Just awesome. be you. Be honest with yourselves. Brilliant. Well, th- listen, thank you so much for, for that. Okay. That's fair. Um, and the whole advice in the last, what well, we had 53 minutes on oh my day. I know. Um, so, well, you did say, but you can talk. And, oh, I uh, did. Yeah. You, so, you, like you said, you are a man wrong. of your word. <laughs> You are. Well, but thank you so much. Um, and it's been really, really great to catch up with you. Um, stay on the line after we say a quick cheerio here. Well, we'll have a quick catch up. Um, okay. But yeah, thank you so much for taking no the time problem. to uh, talk business and careers and, and advice uh, with us here today. Really appreciate it. Okay. And uh, yeah, cheers, Chris. Thanks again. See, See you again. Bye bye. See you Bye. A big thank you to Chris for being so honest and truthful and enlightening in the career journey. And the similarities and differences he's had to mine is really quite fascinating so a big thank you to Chris and I hope that you find his information and his advice well worth taking on board I know that you will so that's it thank you for all watching or listening to another episode of Talking Business with me Danny Pardo you can say hello on the usual social media channels you can rate review share subscribe and like this podcast and the video and all that is much appreciated and we'll see you again on another episode of Talking Business with Danny Pardo cheerio Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. I hope the advice and insights in this episode make a difference to you, your studies and your career. You can find more by searching for Pardo's Business, that's me by the way, on Google, YouTube and Instagram. I'm also at Pardo's Business on Twitter. If you like what you heard, please do take a moment to rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. We'll catch you again soon on the next episode of Talking Business with Danny Pardo. Thanks and cheerio!